Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I, 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 I am Dan, 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 Eden. And I'm Neil Fisher. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 minutes. 24 I can't wait to see what you do for the fifth one now. I was like, I wonder what, what voice he's going to go with this time. <laughs> and then the next one, I'm just going to say, and I'm Michael Myers, and that's it. That. <laughs> he's stuck to the bit. I gotta keep it consistent, and my cut has is fully healed. I was I was been following the progress. I was literally going to ask that after we get into this, but before we do, uh, today on our show, clocking in at eighty three minutes, we are talking about two thousand six's Scary Movie Four, directed by David Zucker. Um, ooh, it's healed. <laughs> it's uh, don't yes. even need a band aid anymore. That's 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 great. I uh, I was hoping that it wouldn't be infected or anything like that. I honestly thought that that was uh, what what might happen is that you were gonna eventually get infected. Um, but I'm glad to know that you're taking care of it. No, I think it's just like it's like one of those seasons where it ra- like the whole main story wraps early, and then they just have two more episodes where just we just kind yep. of fart around. Yep, I yeah. hear you. It's so it's like most Netflix shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got gotcha. you. You gotta shoot every script. Doesn't matter if we're good or not. Yeah. Well, we wrote it. Why? Why bother thinking about it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, scary movie Quattro. So, scary can I ask a question Quattro. here? Uh, I've I've known that you've seen all three prior to this episode. How are both of you doing psychologically, emotionally, and? <laughs> oh man. Um, I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, this is the this is the first time that I ever felt a little bit taxed uh, by it. Uh, in you know, I I honestly thought I would get sick of it by episode three uh and episode three turned out to be like a uh, a nice shot of energy in the franchise and uh this is like charlie sheen snorted that energy and like or <laughs> shot it into himself and doesn't know what the hell's going on and then disappears and what the hell happens for that i don't know this this mm-hmm. one was this mm-hmm. was tough um neil you just recently had a, a mild concussion unfortunately right yeah. yes i did yeah well yeah this is not nearly as bad as that. I'm sorry that happened, Neil. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, it's been tolerable. I would say, you know, it's funny too because it happened in in a very, I guess, Zucker type way. I was moving a dresser and a lamp that I had forgotten that was on top of the dresser, you know, clonked me right on the head, and I immediately think <laughs> it wasn't a concussion. Put on the presidential debate, which made it worse. <laughs> oh, man. in in between the pain. Um, and the forgetfulness, you know, in between that scale. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Were, there, were there any funny sound effects? No, but I, I got a spontaneous boner that I was slapping um, <laughs> and then hitting things with, and then the cat, you know, it was just weird. It was like they read my mind. I don't know. Did, did you punch a child in the process at all? Uh, I well, I, I thought it was an adult. It was just a very large child. So I, I do have to take offense. Uh, not offense, but I do have to admit that I did do that. So I, I punching gotcha. people who you think are other types of people very common in, especially yeah. in these two movies. So yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Three and four, I mean. It's a very, the very Zucks. Zucker. Yeah. By the way, I had to like look back at his filmography. David Zucker's filmography is very limited. Yeah. Like, you know, like we think of the name David Zucker and of course, you know, Airplane and Naked Gun. And you, you think like, oh, he must just be doing like all kinds of the he really has like less, I think, less than 20 movies altogether. Like on his filmography, nothing like, to, you know, nothing to shake a stick at. But no, no, no. It's just right. like but for a man who's like uh, whose you know, name is synonymous with a certain genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't really done that many of them is, is basically the point that I was making. Like, I was surprised when I was like, oh, Basketball is, like, the sixth or seventh movie this guy's done. It's not, like, his 18th or 19th. Like, How about um, how about uh, Christopher Guest? You know, it's like, if you carve such a, such a niche, it's like, eh, three. Eh, you, you, I guess you made your mark, or four. That's, one, that's very, very true. Uh, yeah. With Trial OJ, too, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh... Neil, we're gonna rank these, and uh, I was wondering maybe uh, what you, how you felt about this one overall in comparison to the others. Have you seen them all? Um, so it was funny when when you had messaged me about Scary Movie Four. I remember one and two distinctly because I saw them in the theater, um, and you know two was a, a parody of Scream Two, and that was uh, poignant for me because I, my sixth grade girlfriend, after we went to that movie, my arm had fallen asleep because I finally did the uh, stretch my arm move and put my arm around it, but she just sat, you know, leaned on it the whole time <laughs> to sleep, and then she dumped me in the parking lot afterwards. Oh. So she said, I, your, your arm was not comfortable, man. I, I, I'm sorry. I got to find someone else. I know. And I, I said, Hey, it's just psoriasis. It'll go, it'll go away. But, <laughs> but yeah, after that movie, I, uh, I don't remember there being a three. I knew the Wayans had lost it. And then I had no idea there was a fourth because uh, I was a huge fan of, of War of the Worlds. And I did not know that this movie existed where basically the whole plot is War of the Worlds. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, not as good as the other ones. Um, but uh, I guess I'm going to have to kind of borrow what Jeremy said. I was a little little taxed uh, by the end of it. I, was, I, I knew where they were going to go. Uh, I think I, I laughed like maybe twice. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a journey. So. I enjoyed it. Yeah, That's I had uh, I had two good laughs in this movie, and that was pretty much it. Like even the chuckles were uh, few and far between. Uh, but yeah, as as all of these movies uh, have done, they they pretty much cover one main movie with like a secondary movie. So you got War of the Worlds with a little bit of grudge in there, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, which I have not seen. So I you know I, I had to look up and see what like what are we parodying here? Like what is don't what are we forget the of? village. Oh, yeah, and a little bit of the village in there, too. And uh, stay tuned, guys, for Jared's couple of chuckles here. Yeah, I'll tell you. When we get to them. They might be the same as you guys. I mean, I don't know how many laughs you got. We we, we continue on with Scary Movie Month. I think it's going great. My cut's healed. Nothing is going bad at all. And, uh, oh, something's going on out there. Out, Out where? Out my window. What what kind of action is happening? Like, uh... Well, let me just say this. It's a full moon tonight, mm. and I, there's something in the air. Mm. Okay. I'll keep my eye on that window. All Your right. That is always on point, so I'm a little worried now. 
It's 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 especially ominous because this is a video chat for those of you who are listening, and I do see him looking off camera, staring at something like what is happening over there. So I'm I'm fearful as well. Something's going on out there, and it's a full moon tonight. That's all I'll say. Let's press on here. We got scary movie four. Quattro. Quattro, for the uh, for people who just you know prefer to 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 mix the cultures a little bit. Um, we've got. We open with a Saw parody here, mm-hmm. and Saw came out two years ago. From this movie, yes. So, and we got Dr. Phil. We got Dr. Phil, <laughs> who's playing the Carrie Elways analog. Mm-hmm. And we've got Shaquille O'Neal, who's cool. doing the Leigh Whannell uh, analog characters, who went on to do The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're chained. The tape comes on. You've seen this movie. We've all seen it two yeah. years ago. Yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. And guys, this this is 2006. So I'm 18 years old. I'm in high school. I'm a senior. Life's going pretty good for me. I got my own room. I got, I go to high school. I'm 18 years old. Okay. So they're chained. The tape comes on. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I'm 18 okay. years old. Dr. Phil saws off his own foot, but it's the wrong one. Long story short, that's what ends up happening in this bit. Let's rewind. I just did a sort of fractured narrative here. Oh, okay. So they wake up. <laughs> Neil, what is, or Jer, whoever, you, I'll let you guys flip a coin. What is the tape, the tape that comes on? What, can we sum this up here? Yeah, it's essentially that uh, they play games with people for a little. It's it's you know it's it, it's a very uh, poor attempt at the uh, the uh, psychological twist of the saw videos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just you play games with people, so let's play a game ourselves. And like they have like sixty seconds. Their room is being filled with gas, and they have to uh, escape within the sixty seconds, much like in the saw film. And. Uh, so you call heads, Jer? Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> I'm just getting into it. I, I, I do want to say this, though. Like, uh, I will um, take back what I said uh, when we recorded. Uh, I think it was Scary Movie 1. And uh, I'll say that Shaquille O'Neal did a pretty good job in this scene. He yeah. did. Yeah, he did. I was yeah. surprised. I was like, Shaquille's wait a minute. A funny what? guy. What is he doing, like, with actual talent here? Like, what is what's going on here? I feel like he, he wasn't retired yet, and so he needed to try a little bit. But now, you know, when Adam Sandler kind of throws him a bone here or there, I think he just kind of shows up and does what he, you know, does what he needs to do to get home. Mm-hmm. One of uh, one of the actors in our, our our movie, he's a big Shaq fan, and I remember just years ago he would be like adamantly defending, like, no, guys, he's funny. Like, he is a funny guy. <laughs> Shaquille <laughs> is funny. We're like, okay, he's funny, and um, apparently he's notoriously bad at free throws, and that's like a gag that the that's probably like, it's like a sports joke. It really, it's rare in these movies. I think it's like uh, one of the two, maybe in all four of these yeah, that we've well, gotten. What happened was is that Harvey Weinstein was like, we need to get the fucking sports guys in here, so do a sports reference. Chomping on six cigars. Yeah, and uh, and so they. They came up with that clever joke. That's right. 
Now, here's a little tidbit for you. The uh, the voice of the Billy the Puppet parody was uh, Craig Mazin, the writer and future Emmy winner for Chernobyl. That's right, guys. The guy who created Chernobyl, which you love, also <laughs> wrote three and four. Yeah, three and four. So there you well, go. Co-wrote. I mean, there's like nine writers on this movie. <laughs> it's actually just Craig Mazin divided up. He's like a worm. You, like with the eight hearts, when you cut a worm, uh, one piece yeah. goes in one way. He, Craig Mazin's a lot like that. To be fair, though, I think he is like pretty much the sole writer of this movie, and everyone else is credited as characters. Like, uh, you got the Wayans brothers are still getting writing credit on this movie for coming up with Cindy and Regina Hall's character. I, I read some trivia. I know we're doing a lot of preamble here. We'll we'll get into it. Um, and on affairs, you guys read the trivia? Neil, did you? Yeah, yeah. I did. I read it. Yeah, uh, Anna Ferris. she said, I really didn't want to do this, but the $1 million paycheck did sound really nice. So, yeah, there you I go. Yeah. I mean, look, there's no harm in these movies. They're not, uh, they're fine. You know, they have their place, mm-hmm. good or bad. Um, so, yeah, good for her for taking advantage of, uh, of, the, of the pay increase. She should. I just, like, I just can't believe, like, the next one feels like a made for tv like it really like four i can like if you're going to continue in the zucker vein now with three and four you kind of have it's diverting into its own thing but at least it's like a credible franchise here somewhat with five it just feels like it's i i'm really fearful of five five (laughs) five they were apparently trying to reboot their own franchise mid franchise and just change it yep so i don't know no on a ferris i'm Uh, not looking forward to that either but yeah, all Sheen and some Simon Rex from three and a little bit of this one, because uh, you know we were. I was wondering uh, where is he, and then he does show up in this in a million dollar baby parody. Oh, that's <laughs> so. right. I, there's so many random ones like that. I completely. I was watching it with uh, with Colleen, and she's like, "What is going on right now?" Because all the decks were getting broken, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's million dollar baby. It's it's a boxing movie." And she's like. Does that happen in the movie? I was like, no, no, not the entire crowd does not break their necks. Yeah, I love secondhand wife and partner, domestic partner takes. They're always little brief ones, and they're usually like, okay, they usually disregard them pretty quickly. And most of the time, they end with the partner leaving the room because they don't want to watch the rest of the movie with us. Sure, that sure happened. I'm not watching this anymore, and got up and left. So, yep, yeah, so. We are in the movie here. I'm sorry. I, like, uh, we are. Like, this is preamble and the movie. So, hey, um, yeah. it's the cold open here. It's, you know, they both play games, Dr. Phil and Shaq. Shaq mm-hmm. likes to play basketball. Dr. Phil, like, his whole, like, he's a good sport about it. I will say this because he says, I'm a fraud. I'm a phony. Mama was right. Mama was right. I'm a yeah. failure. But this is also at the peak of his, like, popularity. So, like, people are like, oh, he's making fun of himself. And it's not until a little bit later that people are like, oh, no, he's, like all people, he's revealing his actual crimes to the world. He's confessing uh, them in art. The equivalent of Jimmy Fallon tussling Trump's hair just before the election, sort of. Yeah. But not as bad. Um, um, So... Title hits after what happens? There's a there's a basket there. There's some rocks, and Shaq has to make a free throw to free the saw. You remember that part of Saw, right, guys? Where yeah. Lee Winnell has to shoot a basket <laughs> to get uh, Carrie Elway's saw. Make this basket, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Shaq misses. He hits a lamp. It hits Doctor Phil in the head. Uh, 
I'm sorry, Neil. I'm sorry to make you relive the lamp to the head again. Normally, I would have laughed quicker, but my delayed response it was so so soon that it happened i like completely didn't hear it and i was like oh i, I got that joke <laughs> so I was yeah. as i was saying it i was like oh no this is a tr- i'm triggering neil um, <laughs> we picked the wrong scary movie we did um because it happens twice to dr phil and mm-hmm. it's like the same gag they don't do it three times it's the rule of two in this cold opening here as you guys know you know the rule of two it's the old zucker two yeah, yeah. two and done <laughs> um he ends up uh, freeing the saw after finally making the basket after ricocheting off the wall. After getting a pep talk from Dr. Phil, he's like, you can do it, Shaq. Just listen, just tune out that no in you and just listen to the yes. And then he makes the basket and he frees the saw. He gives it to like they like you do it first. You know, it's like that kind of thing. No, you do it first, you know, and uh, eventually Dr. Phil does it. And uh, well, he does the wrong foot. That's the punchline. He yeah. saws it off, and you know the title hits. And it's like, let's, we, Jared, we've been through all four of these. Neil, I mean, you might remember the cold opens of one through four now. So, as far as cold opens go, how effective is this one? Um, completely ineffective because, well, I mean, it's like, it's, you know what, Neil, you first. I'll let you. I'll let you give your take. Um, so the other ones are are a little distant in my memory, but correct me if I'm wrong. The second one was parodying Scream 2 with the movie theater. They had the the dick through the uh, glory hole. Into the right? That's actually, actually yeah. that's actually like a, a part of the first movie. The second movie opens with uh, like a exorcist. Uh, an exorcist parody. Exorcist. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, so they're all mixing in my head. Okay, so yeah, I would say this one was was pretty pretty lazy. I think they probably wrote the movie. And then we're like, hey, we, we definitely need a cold open. What can we do? And then they, I think, came up with the last minute and then didn't know what to do with the title. Uh, that's kind of how I felt. But it felt like, oh, I'm sorry, Jer. Well, I was just going to say until the very end of this movie, it, I, it, it felt completely detached. Yes. Yeah. Like and, and that's the uh, the crime of it is that at least with the first three movies, like the cold open plays directly into the plot of the movie. And this one, it just felt like we're going to do this. This is literally a cold open. It has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. And then it's not until the very end where it's just it's really just bookends the movie. Yeah. Do you think it's low key brilliant that it does? It is connected. But you find out in the third act. Oh, as a surprise, as a twist, like a Shyamalan twist. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this, though. I was a little disappointed because. Dr. Phil and Shaq, I believe, are on the poster. They're only in the movie for five minutes. And then King Kong's on the poster. He's yep. never in the movie. Yep. <laughs> that is correct. King That's Kong little, is on the poster of this movie. And you're a like, little crazy. where the fuck is King Kong? There I was, is no I thought Kong. maybe he's going to come into the last saw room or something, but no. Yeah, no no Kong, no Naomi Watts parody. Although Anna Ferris is a blonde in this. And that she did parody Naomi Watts from The Ring in 3. So I don't know. But uh, I did read that in the trivia, and it, I, it wasn't until I read in the trivia today that I was like, you know what? That's totally right. Kong is not in this fucking movie. <laughs> they got us. They fucking got us, guys. What that's the fuck? The, whoa, 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 the, guys. I'm seeing something out my window. It's a full moon, and I'm seeing a silhouette of something. Yep, it's got pointy ears. Pointy is it Batman? Snout. Mm, no. Green Goblin? No. It's on, it's on all fours. Is it a scroll? No, no, it's it's hairier. It looks hairier than a scroll, um, and it looks ferocious. It's sure. a full moon, you guys. 
I'm looking out my window, all fours, hairy monster, looking ferocious. All right, that's all for now. Let's go back mm. to the uh, interesting to the podcast here. Um, hey, can I say something? Spoilers. Please. I hate. I I well, hate's a very strong word. Three. I really don't like three. Four. I actually like better than three. I can't. I I find that surprising because yeah, I, I know. I, I yeah. did not. I think thus far, I mean, without spoiling it, because I have no clue what five is going to be like, this is my least favorite. That's understandable completely. And I'm surprising myself here by saying this, but I really didn't like three. And I found this to be, I liked it more. And I think it's because of Craig Bierko's involvement as the Tom Cruise analog. Mm-hmm. I, Neil's nodding. Jer is making a cringy face right now. It's so funny because he, um, his career is so wild, uh, Craig Bierko. It's like uh, he had the chance to be in like some really good movies, and and I, I remember he was, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Max something, and uh, Cinderella Man. He was the villainous boxer um, to uh, Russell Crowe, uh, historical figure. But um, I, I, it was interesting. I mean, he really went was all he the evil stepsister. Yeah, he was. He was the yeah. sister. Yep, and then did cap. Um, and they were twins, but yeah, he, um, he, he went all in on the Tom Cruise thing. Cause what's funny about this, like I said, I'm a big war of the worlds fan. Uh, and that was right when I, uh, I went to the premiere in London, uh, when I was studying there and, um, that was around this whole Tom Cruise stuff when he went nuts with Oprah and, uh, yeah, you have, uh, have you told this story before? I love your Tom Cruise story. Uh, Do you want to tell it? Yeah, I could tell it quickly. I don't want to cool. too much time, but yeah, so I was in, um, uh, uh, in London studying, there was a War of the Worlds uh, premiere, and I really wanted to meet Steven Spielberg. And um, and so the premiere was in Leicester Square. That this whole big thing set up, they had like uh, destruction and damage and red vines and all that stuff. And uh, long story short, uh, I lined up super early, maybe like two, three thousand people there. Um, and I was in front of a group of like seven students from Japan, and uh, there's a woman from Spain and and a couple English people to my left. Um, and before the event, I had tried to bribe um, a few of the security guards to like let me in to see if I could get a ticket. And I, I took out, I think it was like 400 pounds from the ATM, which I think would have been like 600 American. It was probably all my money. And I Damn. showed it to him. And he was like, oh, you know, if you do that again, you know, you're you're getting arrested or whatever. And Oh, shit. You know, he I guess tried to scare me. I don't know if he really would have done it. But um, anyway, so then I was kind of bummed. So then I went in line. I stood, in, you know, on the the uh, barricades and um, I was getting elbowed when Tom Cruise arrived. He arrived in a limo with Katie Holmes and Dakota Fanning was in front of him. I saw her uh, Edwards wick was there as well. Um, but anyway, this was the, the day, if you remember when Tom Cruise kind of went viral because an Australian news show shot him with water in his face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I saw it in the distance. I saw him. hit. You uh, saw him get hit? I did. I did see him get hit. It was like oh my God. 100 feet away. And you could tell, like, because he, like, recoiled. Oh, no. And, and, like, women and, and other fans were screaming. And I was like, what's going on? But, like, I figured, oh, maybe it was oh, a joke. Got something. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I would say that was maybe, like, five minutes into when he arrived. So it was, like, really early. Oh, man. And then an, uh, maybe, like, 45 minutes went by. He finally, like, made his way all the way around to me. Um, and uh, the fun part of the story is, uh, which... Uh, you know, granted, he is uh, pretty crazy with the Scientology and whatnot. But um, yeah, he he came up and uh, and he was taking pictures with people. And I didn't really have a good vantage point because uh, people were in front of me. Uh, but then I went, "Hey, Tom, I'll buy you and Katie Holmes celebratory uh, engagement dinner tonight. Uh, I'm an American or something like that." And he stopped, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take you guys out to dinner. I have some money here." And 
it didn't sound as creepy as that, but uh, no, no, you were just trying to be nice, and he stopped, like, and he went, like, he th- he really was a he thought that was really nice, didn't he? He he actually did, yeah. He was very genuine. I will. He's probably, and I know he's crazy, but he was the nicest, other than Spielberg, who I ultimately got to meet, and that could be another story. But I talked yeah. to him, stopped for like, you know, it, it had to have been like three minutes. He looked me in the eye. He was like, oh, this is so gracious of you. It's really nice. He's like, I'm just here to do the premiere. Like, you offering to buy us dinner, blah, blah, blah. We just met. Um, but thank you. He took a picture with me. He walked, I don't know, five, ten feet, came back again, said, oh, thanks again. This guy, he offered me dinner. He told us, like, he was publicist or whatever. Went back to Neil. And Tom Cruise came back to Neil. That's, uh, that's the part I remember. Yes. <laughs> was it the uh, Zanuck uh, rule of two? He came back a third time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and he's like, so what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I'm studying film. And he's like, Spielberg, man, right? He's like, how cool is it? I got to work with Spielberg. I was like, oh, it's really cool. And anyway, he was just like, keep doing what you're doing. He's like, I'm sorry, you can't come to dinner and um, enjoy yourself for the premiere. And then he hung around like another hour and a half before the premiere. So it was insane. He, like He chatted me up for three more hours. He missed his own movie. He kept he just, talking to me. He wouldn't leave. At a certain point, it got annoying. I got. I was like, God, go away. I was. I'm just. Part of me is laughing because, like, the way you tell the story, and pl- I, I imagine you there, but like, Tom Cruise, I'm an American, and like him being like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I was trying to tell a, a condensed version, but yeah, it, it does sound like that quickly. Like, uh, he did say it. He's like, Are you American? I was like, Yeah. And he's like, You're here studying? I was like, Yes. And he's like, Do you want to join Scientology? Uh, he would have said that i probably would have been like yes okay tom at the time right you should give you a reading i'll come with you um but yeah uh anyway he he was super nice uh awesome guy and um so when that when the movie came out in march of 05 i think i saw it like four or five times in the theater so that's why i know the movie so well so when i saw this and the way that they basically like almost shot for shot remake uh remade a bunch of these things is pretty interesting I, I I'm gonna I'm bringing it back here. I went to Universal just last October a year ago, and we got to see the plane wreckage from War of the Worlds. And they had they used the set right for this oh, film. They had, they yeah. had to, and and no, they spent all their money on on that one gag. And then you got the the like like you said the part even when they're on the hills and and he's the kid wants to join up with the army. It looks like so accurate uh, compared to the actual film. I don't know. It's just they, they really nailed it with that section of the movie. That's what that's like a positive I'll say about this one is just how accurate the set design can be uh, in this movie. Yeah, even with uh, the other references too. I mean, the grudge looked just like I know Jeremy hasn't really seen them, but it looked just like the house and uh, the village looked just like the village. So they definitely they put their money on the production design, which I guess you know credit to them for really going far with the parody. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy when it's like some of the movies are Weinstein movies that they're just borrowing. Like, we'll just take right. the sets. Like, it's fine. It's like, it, it's almost commendable how economical it is to be like, well, we'll shoot the legit movie here and then we'll just shoot the stupid fuck off movie at the same yeah. set. Like, hey, for make, free. Sure, make sure you save that for the scary movie franchise. They're going to need that. <laughs> exactly. I think it's, it's kind of br- like, I hate to say it, but it's kind of brilliant. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> I, I had a bad taste in my mouth, but I felt exactly the same way. I was like, hey, if, if you have the blueprint of another movie and you can just shoot it and just add the jokes, but everything else is framed exactly the same. I mean, I'm sure it made it easier for them. And I'm like, oh, I guess that is kind of smart. But Deep deep cut and this is sorry jerry i was just gonna say what needs to happen now is we need to get a movie and then at the same time that those people are shooting a movie they need to shoot a parody of their own movie no not (laughs) let's not go let's 
Dan, now you're just being silly. I'm sorry. Dune <laughs> uh, and Poon or something, you mean? Or Yeah, but um, it's, what, like we were saying, deep cut here, Dracula, to bring it to October and everything, when we did that episode, uh, I remember Steve telling us that on the same set, they did the uh, Spanish version, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the evening, they're like, okay, you guys fuck off. We're going to do the, the different version now on the same set and be very economical. It's like the same thing almost. But there, there's dicks and, and, and boners and, and <laughs> boobs and shit and rubber chickens. So, yep. so, all right, here we are. The title hits. We're a half hour into this episode. <laughs> uh, Charlie Sheen is suicidal and he's at his high rise condo. And the three Hef bunnies are there. Mm-hmm. You've got Kendra and the other two. Mm-hmm. And Cindy shows up to uh, catch up with old Tom Logan. I remembered his name. She discusses how she's so in tune with people's emotions, which is now in this film, she wants to be a nurse. <laughs> in the last one, she wanted to be a journalist. This one, she wants to be a nurse. She just wants to jump from major career to major career. Right. Yep. With no training, no education. It's great. Um, now Sheen's looking at a photo of his bro. As as she's doing this, it's that classic setup where one character's off doing his own thing and the other character doesn't see him and they're kind of going on and being sincere about like dreams, aspirations, hopes, like existential shit while the other one is like doing something gross. And then the con- you contextually apply it to their actions. I've got something growing and it just won't stop. And then Charlie Sheen pops like 50 Viagras when he thinks they're sleeping pills. He's trying to off himself while Cindy's at his house. But instead he gets a giant CGI boner all the budget went into war of the world yeah. sets and yeah. <laughs> cgi boners for charlie sheen because it's uh it's raging and it's like moving around he like tries to whack it she's you know in the other room just kind of like you know it's just why i want to take care of people now and also it's just convenient because it's a we're doing a grudge parody yeah so <laughs> but he's looking around and he looks at his photo of his bro played by simon rex in the last one so i'm like okay well, at least we're calling we have some continuity here kind of like much like my cut over the series of scary movie month we have some continuity here yeah <laughs> but wait those weren't sleeping pills so he gets the boner and how did he like falls out of his balcony and dies yeah he goes boner first into the cement how does he fall? Just like he just, uh, and he just like falls out. <laughs> I think it's when he, when the cat attaches itself to his uh, boner and he's like trying to smack it to get the cat off. And I think it, it hits the balcony and it propels him. Yeah. He, he, yeah. The, uh, the, the recoil, if you will, <laughs> causes him to fall off the balcony and he lands boner first, which apparently does, does kill him. I don't know. I guess like, well, I mean, of- it's, it would certainly damage damage the the organ but uh he seemed to be suspended above the cement so i don't know like maybe he broke his back in the process we'll just go with that i literally drew a comic like this when i was like 14 by the way guys it was like his name was parachute pete but right now you're 18 yeah at this time it's 2006 i'm 18 years old i'm just about to graduate high school I'm in Tinley Park drama. I uh, I have lots of friends. I have a girlfriend. I'm very I'm somewhat popular. You know, people like me. Some people don't like me. And I take gym class. I go to lunch. There's recess. There's recess in high school. In my high school, there's recess. And it's guys, I went to the same high school. There was no recess guys, there. Guys, oh my god. That thing, that hairy thing, is approaching my window right now, and it looks like a canine 
Is it a basset hound? No, it looks more like well, not more like like a Rottweiler, but with with like the the pointy uh, like if he had pointy ears like mm. a cat. Uh, what do like you call that? I don't know dog breeds because I don't really like dogs. We just lost half our audience, but there's one outside my window right now. He's looking ferocious. It's a full moon. I don't know what to do, guys. I'm 32 years old. So anyway, Charlie Sheen is dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, title hits. Yeah, scary. No. <laughs> <laughs> that happened before. Uh, Charlie Sheen is dead, and that propels us forward into this story. Uh, but I gotta ask you guys: Do you guys think that, like, I mean, the very next main male character is named Tom in this movie? Do you think <laughs> that, like, they just couldn't get Charlie Sheen for the whole movie? They're like, "Fuck it, we don't even need to change the script. We'll just recast. We'll have one little uh, moment of of explanation." You know what, Jer? If they did, I'm glad they did because Bierko versus Sheen. I'm glad they went with Bierko. Yeah, I don't know. That's right, Charlie. Sheen, I don't know how he is at 2006 because, as we said in 2003, he seemed to be uh, relatively clean and at the top of his game yeah. uh, in terms of uh, doing what he does for these parody movies. And in this one, he like he's playing it in a haze, but he also kind of just looks like he lives the part, you know? So I'm just like, Oh, this must be right before the slip. I don't remember. Would I be wrong? I noticed in a couple of the shots, it looked like his face was CGI on his body. Like it was oh a my God. Really? Just for a couple of shots. It looked like he was, maybe he didn't show up to shoot or something. And they used someone else. Cause it was so weird. Like his face would like, you know, uh, it was like melting into different parts of his jawline. I was like, that's really weird. Like, I weird. really wouldn't uh, be surprised. I mean, Charlie Sheen is in the, and this is just, this is a fact, one of the worst movies ever made, that food fight movie. Yeah. Granted, it's an animated one, but this guy doesn't care about the quality of his work. Not, not since fucking Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I, says, I can't work with my dad anymore. <laughs> That's a pretty good Sheen. <laughs> I've never heard of Charlie Sheen before. That's that's really good. <laughs> so he's dead uh, in this one in the like the second cold opening. I call it because it look it feels like a cold opening, does it not? It yeah, kind of does, yeah. Um. So now we get a glimpse into yeah new coming newcomer Tom Ryan's life, not Tom Logan, <laughs> Tom Ryan's life. And I'm, I'm like, how lazy this. is that? They don't even give him a new name. Like, I get that they're doing a Tom Cruise parody, but like, fuck, like, yeah, it's uh, just lazy. So he's doing the Tom Cruise role, War of the Worlds. And I like I said, I'm here for this. I love I like this parody compared to the science parody compared to the ring parody of the last one. That's probably why I like this one better. And the village parody, because I just movies that I, I like better uh, and to see better parody. So he's Tom Cruise, War of the Worlds. Uh, he's asleep on a 16-hour shift. He falls asleep operating uh, he's shipping containers containing strange cargo. And he's making them collide into each other there at the uh, shipping yard. And, like, there's gold bullion. There are dogs. Or, no, uh, uh, monkeys. monkeys. Yeah, apes. Yeah. yeah. And they crash on the ground, and he's like, he hears the uh, the whistle blow, and he's like, well, I'm quitting. And he gets down, and like, quitting time, you know. He goes down, and his boss is all like, Tom, you can't just leave. What are you doing? Why are you always quitting when the going gets tough? He's like, you know what? I quit. <laughs> he keeps marching off. And, like, there's a bunch of apes running around in the back. Classic Zucker wide shot, like, moving, some movement. 
and there's uh, some some bullshit going on in the background. It's very some loud. <laughs> yeah, people have yeah. to shout to talk to each other because there's so much chaos that they're not paying attention to. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, it's not bad. The monkeys, uh, it's cute. I love one of a, them operates a forklift. <laughs> I love a good loud wide. That's all I'm gonna say in comedy. <laughs> a good loud wide. That sounds out of context, man. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> So, yeah, he quits, and that's his thing. When the going gets tough, he quits, much like Tom Cruise's character in War of the Worlds. Right. Uh, at the bar, he catches up with some old friends, some cutie bartender, and cuties Anthony Anderson and Kevin Hart. And uh, Tom tells him the old lady's gone. We're going to find out that's Molly Shannon, guys. And she's in the next one. New character. Bigger role, guys. <laughs> if you're into it, you're into it. Weird continuity. Mm-hmm. So, how about Chris Elliott in this? Speaking of weird continuity, yeah, uh, yeah, everything great about Chris Elliott in Scary Movie Two, yeah, the opposite in Scary Movie Four, just wasted, wasted character, wasted yeah. and offensive, like yeah, not, offensive. Not, not even like, not just not funny, just offensive. It feels like the copy of the copy of the copy of Hanson from Two, like it's yeah. like a bad taped yeah. off tv copy copy version but um basically tom says the old lady's gone they're they both like oh oh her oh we both slept with her ha 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 you know and then uh anderson tells him uh, you know you need to get away you know we go we know a great fishing spot and uh you know we we like anthony anderson i, I like i like his energy i think he really adds something him and kevin hart now they found like from the last one now what their thing is in this movie you know yeah so it's not bad uh, it's the it's broke okay. parody. It's yeah. I'm just like, eh. it's again. We're in the middle of the aughts. This is when the parody movies are just like, fuck it. What came out last year? That's right. what we're gonna cover. Right. <laughs> and it did come out last year. Uh, I mean, no pun intended. But it, so it was everybody was talking about it. Um, and it's you know it's pretty brave of those guys not only to do what they do in the scene but to sing as sincerely as they do when they're such terrible singers. Yeah, they gotta uh, know that they are they're bad. I mean, and that's probably what's getting them through it. Is like it'll be funny because we're bad. It's brave. What ten short years before Anthony Anderson's got you know Blackish, pretty big star on that show, and Kevin Hart just blew up like crazy. Yeah, like they were both short ears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all it took was a decade. <laughs> but uh, no, it's like I'm, I'm glad they're doing better things than Scary Movie Four. Uh, so back to reality after the Brokeback parody. Um, I guess you know they're gay. They're officially gay. Uh, so back to reality. Tom takes off. He's got the kids this weekend. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at home, we meet the ex, played by Molly Shannon. We meet the kids. And uh, basically, like, you know, you got the I forget the actor's name. He's from the Dragon Ball movie and Weeds, episode, the pilot. He's oh the, the kid yes. dealer. Yes. <laughs> you know, who oh, I'm talking uh, to. He's the son from War of the Worlds. who gets yep. shipped off and they bring him back for the like the last episode. Yep. Nice. He's the son in War of the Worlds. And then this they're parodying him and like it's just all attitude. And that's all he is really is just one attitude, one speed in uh, War of the Worlds. And that's fuck you, dad. Chatwin. <laughs> yes, thank you. And then Dakota Fanning's role is some girl who gets hit a lot in this movie. Her, uh, her and Aaron of Anna Ferris. I feel like Anna Ferris probably got like 50K per face hit uh, for her million dollar check. And then this girl, though. Yeah, also same thing. I would. I wish like now that we now that I think about it, 
I wish I could go back in time and I could count how many times Anna Ferris gets hit in each of these movies. And we'll do an Anna Ferris hit counter and see if this one is indeed the one where she gets hit the most, you know? Mm. I'd be interested in doing that experiment with you because I'm curious as well because there's a lot of them. All right, so we're going to rewatch all these. We're going to delete all these episodes. Yeah. Get, get fuck scary movie month. For those of you who have been listening for the last three weeks, um, just forget it. Forget Pretend it. like it didn't happen. Yep. Just forget it. How about uh, Craig Bierko's line, uh, it's a good look for you. And then Molly Shannon's just massively pregnant. Yes, yes. Uh, right there. Neil got a little cut off there, but he was saying what I thought was a great moment you know and it's like it's probably been done in another movie but just the way it's done in this you know made me laugh just because he's so sincere he's like pregnant because tom cruise says it in war of the worlds and he is sincere yeah you know it's it's kind of magnanimous of his character in that moment and in this he's trying to do the same thing but it's just not because she's not pregnant so she's like offended so i i think like going back to Bierko, like he has had an interesting varied career like he's the bad guy in the long kiss good night Oh, I forgot. Like, right, you're right. He's he's in Dickie Roberts. Yeah. He's uh he's all over the place. All over. And I think like and when you Google Craig Bierko movies, this is the first one that comes up. So this is like the biggest Craig Bierko role, I think, of his career so far. I mean, he's starring role, right? I mean, he um I remember him he he was in Sour Grapes, which Larry David wrote and directed, and I remember it was supposed to be kind of a big deal because it was fresh during Seinfeld, but it was a flop. Right. That's right. And uh, Curb makes fun of that a little bit in season two, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he like he keeps asking, he keeps like lending it out to people, like, what do you think? They're like, oh, it's pretty good, Larry. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, the pregnancy joke. Meanwhile, Cindy just walks into a place, just some place, and says, "I'm interested in a job in home care." <laughs> and she gets an interview immediately because we find out that the place that, like, it's a home care, like a hospice home at not hospice, like at home, yeah, kind of care for like the elderly who are catatonic, like Cloris Leachman, who does this like really well in other things. Uh, yeah, what's that show, Raising Hope? Remember that one? Oh, did, like yes. the same thing on that show. For like the pilot, she's good at playing uh, like catatonic, like yeah. and she does good physical comedy too. Jeez. Like Cloris Leachman's good at that. So anyway, I'm getting ahead here, but this the, it's like this. He's like an Asian like boss slash realtor. He takes her to the house where Cloris Leachman lives. Looks just like the Grudge House, and he's showing her around. And there's some weird shit going on in some of the rooms so that he has to hide because he really wants Cindy to to take this job because he needs somebody to take the job. And there's like a little there's a little cat boy living in the the tub in this place. So is that what's is that what's on your balcony? Uh, oh, you know it it went away. I think it went away. But you know, you know what? It left a shit. It left a shit. Yeah, it'll be back. I have a feeling. It's still the moon is still full. And the episode is still going, my friends. So here we are. Uh this guy's showing to the house. He's like the little cat boy, they're in the bathroom at the end, and the little boy pops up. It's the grudge boy. Mm-hmm. And the Toshio. guy just starts Yeah, what's his name? To- Toshio. <laughs> Toshio. Uh, I'm not a big grudge guy. I've seen like all of them, but it was just one thing I thought you guys would find funny is uh, I I know about this character from the grudge and stuff. And before we did the recording, 
I was just making sure that I had his name right, so I didn't, you know, make up an offensive name. And they have a still from Scary Movie Four under the character's own wiki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Man. So the kid, whatever his name is, pops up out of the tub, and the realtor boss guy starts beating him, and like, like water splashing everywhere. Eventually, he gets in the tub. Like this guy, this to his credit, this guy has a lot to do in like two minutes of the movie, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Like, so he gets in the tub, takes off his clothes. Like I, I was dirty, and then she takes the job because because she looks out the window. And this is a funny gag. She sees Craig Bierko, Tom Ryan, chopping Duraflame logs. Yeah, with that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. So, um, but see, that, she that's takes like the job. One of the few genuine, like, creative jokes to me. Like, you know, like, there's not many, like, creative jokes. Like, and that one is like, oh, a real writer wrote that joke to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Those um, are my moments, were the ones that were in between the big gags that if you weren't listening, you wouldn't have caught, but they were smart because uh, there were a few of them, but like they're very hidden throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. You got in. Well, we'll get to it, but the baseball scene here with like, and it's funny because you, if you, when you think of 2005 war of the worlds, you have to have this scene. Don't you Neil? Yeah. Like you gotta, the uh, one where they're playing catch on angst where they're, yeah, they're playing catch with the, uh, the Boston and the, the Yankees hats. To, and we're not talking about War of the Worlds 2005, but now I am. That's actually, it's a really brilliant scene. Is like to, to whip the ball and it gets tenser and tenser, and each throw gets more and more intense. That's just a great scene. That's why you have to take that and you have to parry because people remember that, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And you just need a good Anna Faris uh, face it in there to, to point on it. <laughs> and that's what happens. It, it's punctuated by that after they have him and the son have an exchange, hits her square in the face, and uh, he meets uh, Anna Ferris, and she's immediately smitten with uh, Tom Ryan. They lock eyes, and uh, she uh, they discuss how uh, they've both been burned by love before, and Cindy was married once, and there's a flashback where she was like ghetto AF, and she was married <laughs> to some abusive like rapper type. <laughs> That was a, a very funny, like, gag that felt uh, like, I don't think there are many of these in the first three movies. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this quick cutaway gag. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Family Guy uh, era, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I'm wondering when Family Guy aired, because that, that would have been interesting if that was, like, right around that period, too, that they were doing something like that. I got to talk about, it's coming up, it's the part with the, the lock on the door, that's like family guy but it's like it's the like the best i think it's the best exchange in the movie like when they're fighting over he's like get in the car and he's like all right on three he's unlocking the automatic lock that just went on no too long i love it (laughs) also because and this i don't i honestly i i think this movie probably did it first but there's a very very similar gag uh that's much briefer on 30 rock that uh, is basically the exact same exchange where he's trying to unlock it. Tracy's in uh, the cash cab and trying to get out of the cash cab. And like, <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's, it's funnier in that to me. And it's also briefer. So it's just like, get in, get out. And this one just like, there is a place for the really letting just let, let's let this gag ride. But yeah, for me, it was too long. It's like, you can think of writing as like a, let's think of it in terms of a Patreon 
and 30 rock tier is a higher tier if you want you can pay for the 30 rock tier where you're gonna get guys <laughs> like that like but it's gonna be like uh, like 50 of them and then you can pay the cheaper tier and it's they they stretch out the gag yeah uh, it's scary <laughs> before it's like that uh and she has another flashback uh and this time it's uh simon rex from the last movie the you know, remember the eight mile guy the brother of tom logan he's in this he it's an, a million dollar baby parody here uh because that won best picture right yeah because yeah. that came out last year mm-hmm. yeah and you yeah. were <laughs> You were 17. Uh, uh, here's the thing. I'm 18 years old. Uh, I'm still a virgin, if I'm being totally transparent. Uh, I'm living at home, but okay. I'm about to move out. What's that? That's, I was just going to say, it's okay. You don't have much longer. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like I'm, I'm still living at home, about to get out. Own a couple cats, great cats. And, you know, things are just going good. I'm getting Bs, a couple Cs, and I'm ready to graduate high school. But I'm 18 years old, so uh, so we get the million dollar baby scene. We get Simon Rex as George. Last movie, he's in the corner. He's training Cindy. He's like, "You got this. You got this." And like, you know, this this chick that you're boxing because you're used to be a female boxer, and I was your trainer. Uh, doesn't have shit. And they comes out, and it's I thought it was Mike Tyson in a wig. Like the joke is that it is a woman, but it looks just like Mike Tyson in a wig. Yeah. <laughs> and, it no. wasn't. It was just some dude. Just just a, a lookalike. Yeah. The the Vegas Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. It was funny because Craig Mazin worked with him on the Hangover, Hangover movies, you know, not too long after that. But I don't know if he was in the right headspace in 05 to have maybe done that role, you know, because, I mean, they basically they have him biting people's ears off. So maybe he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Maybe maybe Craig Mazin was 18 years old. Also, he might have been in high school, too. Might have had See, dogs instead of cats. You have to kind of like grade him on a curve. He's only 18 years old. Like he's got a lot of living and failing to do. So uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Jim Gordon changed Bruce Wayne's life when he was just 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this before, but I thought it thought it'd be funny. And Batman Begins in that flashback when he he makes it a point. If he pointedly said to him, "Jesus Christ, Bruce, I'm only 18. I don't know how to I don't know how to console you in this guy." And like 54 year old Gary old, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, I'm only 18. <laughs> they just that phrasing. They gave me the badge. I'm, I'm not even 21. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Dewey Cox. I'm only 14, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so all it takes is flashback number two, where Cindy tells Tom that uh, she used to be a boxer, and you know we all know Million Dollar Baby. Spoilers for that movie. She breaks her neck on a stool, but in this version. Uh, it's Simon Rex who accidentally breaks his neck on a stool at the end of the match. And the fucking Mike Tyson chick bites so many ears off after so many people break their necks on stools, on other things. Just so many neck breaks in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> but that like that was funny to me, the neck breaks. But the ear biting, because I'm just like, man, like what I was really mad about was um, I thought it was Mike Tyson making light of his own like ear bite i'm like no 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 no. <laughs> we're not doing this mike tyson but it wasn't so it's kind of okay yeah. so anyway it's fine it's the it's escalation it's zucker escalation yeah you know? if you like the the same joke six seven eight times in a row just wait it's coming yeah <laughs> that's the hey guys you get what you pay for this is patreon all right yeah so. <laughs> you're in the anyway. third tier 
That's all it takes for Cindy and Tom to kiss. That's all it takes. They kiss. It's very sudden in this. In the last one, it took a, like a while for her, it, the whole movie for her to kiss Simon Rex. In this one, she just met this guy, and they're kissing. So that's when the attacks start happening, and uh, the sky goes super dark. A butt cloud appears and opens up, shooting lightning out of the sky. You get some funny extra work from this like this crane shot they're kind of yep they're panning over everybody they're looking up in the sky somebody uh says what is that it's awfully dark and one woman says why do none of us have dryers because they all have clothes lines (laughs) (laughs) um so this is where we're going to get the imminent alien attack so they run inside locking the little daughter out as she gets struck by lightning uh she comes inside and I was doggy. like, I, I said, good. Finally, the kid got hit. We're, we're like, I was worried that a Zucker movie was gonna happen where a kid didn't get hit. <laughs> no, right? Like, it, this is. I counted it actually. I paused it. I made it a point, and uh, we were at minute, I believe, fourteen of the movie when the first kid hit happens. So I was like, this is restraint for the Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg <laughs> for the Zucker. Jerry would you say it's kind of like the uh, like the Bechdel test, but for the Zanuck movies. For the Zucker movie, yeah, <laughs> Zanuck. I should be doing like 50 with uh with the Zanuck films, but yes. <laughs> um, what was the question? No, if it's the uh, if hitting the kid is like the Bechdel test, but for Zucker, right? You yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can't, if you don't have uh two adults hitting a child, then uh, it doesn't pass. That's right. That's right. So the, she gets struck by lightning, thank God. She comes in through the doggy door. It's around here when we get the tripod attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Bierko, it's, it is like the, the, the downtown, little cute little downtown area, just like in War of the Worlds, where they first emerge from the ground and uh, start attacking. But they're giant iPods, you guys, at first at least. And it's got a playlist, and it goes down to uh, awesome '80s mix, and it plays Karma Chameleon. And at first, they think they're peaceful, but then they start attacking and obliterating everybody. Everybody starts running. Some Tom Cruise running. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. We pass by. Everything stops working at this point, like all the electronics and stuff. And like that's when you get some more, like the the good extra work in the back too, where like. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so, like, the the escalation of things not working. It's a car, and then the kid's bike doesn't work, and then some guy runs out of the the bathroom, and his bowels aren't working. <laughs> I missed that. So, uh, Cindy goes home, talks to the Grudge Kid in uh, bad Chinese buzzwords, brands, foods, etc. And we get I, subtitles. I actually had to pause it. I was like, wait a minute. I, are they really talking Japanese? And I was like, I just keep hearing Toshiba and Kamikaze. And I was like, oh my God. Well, is, it my yeah. he- is it my head? You're like, one, like this movie's fucking with me. I thought I was having a stroke. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, another racist joke. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if I said Yamaha, Suzuki, Tempura, and like the subtitles said, you must come with me. Like something like that. That's what they do. And basically, the kid says with all those buzzwords, like, you have to find the, the secret to my death, and you could find it at, like, mile 62 at this road, and it's, the, it's, my, it's in, buried in my, it's in my father's blood, so it has to do with his father, is how he's very cryptic about it. And Cindy, in her classic, like, Cindy Campbell way, is like, wait, I still have so much to ask you, and then it disappears, and then she goes back to her business. Um, 
So um, she, she, now as a mission, she, there's a plot to this movie aside from War of the Worlds is happening right now. Yeah. Because, uh, again, it has to be two movies. Right. Thankfully, one of them is an actual horror movie. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> one of them is. Yeah. That's the other thing I have. The other problem I have with this movie is knowing that they wanted to make a movie called Sci-Fi Movie. That's right. And then we get this War of the Worlds parody. It's like, oh, that didn't take off for you. So just wedge it into the scary movie franchise. That's not fair. That, that had to have been what happened. Yeah, because that, that, I was curious about that, too. I, I was wondering why they were parodying a sci-fi movie, but that makes sense. Well, they well, I guess like Signs is horror, I suppose, but it's also sci-fi, isn't it? And that was the last one. I would just say the presentation of Signs is far more horror than War of the Worlds to me. Sure. War of the Worlds is definitely like more of an action sci-fi. Sure. Okay. Yeah, they were going to make – we read the trivia, like, uh, sci-fi movie. They were going to do a superhero movie, and they did. Uh, yeah, yeah, which Regina they, Hall made her way into, by the oh, way. Man. Not as the same character, but – Oh, they did date movie as well, right? Date uh, movie. They meet did, the uh, Spartans, maybe. Yeah, meet the Spartans. Uh, uh, um, oh, God. Epic there was movie. a Epic movie. There was a, another one with, uh, like, the kid from um, – Not Fart Zach movie. And, um, Drake and Josh, like one of those kids, oh, like has. I thought that was superhero movie. Was that superhero yeah, movie? I thought there was a Drake, another. Drake and Josh. I thought there. I think I feel like there's another horror movie <laughs> then somewhere, like another parody horror movie. God damn! So there's a lot, and Tom and the yeah. kids, they gather supplies at the house. They run outside to see Cindy on the streets. She's just kind of wandering aimlessly. They they part ways for now because she has a mission to complete, and he's got kids to protect. So they go to the auto shop to get his car. Oh, he throws her a solenoid. That's right. Before they part ways. Uh, they take this. You might need it. And, you know, they do use it later. But uh, they part ways for now. They go. So he goes to the auto shop to get his car. And we get the bit with the automatic car door lock. It's very drawn out. It's probably about a, two minutes of screen time. So yeah. In an 83-minute movie. Yep. yep. A couple of those moments where I was like, how long is this bit going to go on? Because the movie doesn't have that much left uh and they definitely milked it always yeah. thinking about that like when we're especially with this podcast it's like guys i know how much time you have i've seen a lot of these under 90 movies you don't have time for this yeah. but it is i guess they do like it's it, i i was laughing because of how drawn out it was um so we get uh leslie nielsen george w bush joke uh, oh. 9 11 bit yeah recurring recurring uh character of the president again so I'm, like it, it is the the continuity is strange. Like besides Sim, Cindy, you also get Leslie Nielsen as uh, the same character, and you get the Anthony Anderson and Kevin Hart characters. It's, well, I I really feel like like three and four are their own kind of branch, and one and two are their own branch. You know? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, speaking of the third one, I, or actually, I'm, I'm just curious because I I can't remember that one. But did they make any 9/11 references in the third one, or do they hold it for this one? Because right? I right, it's like. They had an opportunity with, uh, well, actually, uh, three. This is two thousand six. Yeah, no, they had it because three came out in two thousand two, right? I believe three came out in two thousand three. Okay, so they must have had the joke and then sat on it. I would think two thousand three. I'm fifteen years old. (laughs) I'm in middle school. Okay, I'm in middle school at fifteen. You should be a sophomore at that point. I I got held back. (laughs) I got held back. (laughs) <laughs> you got me <laughs> so yeah. damn it Jer. i'm 32 years old you got me 
So Leslie Nielsen, I'm getting like I'm like in this last one I was like fine. In this one I'm like fuck off, man. He's in this. He's doing the George W. Bush joke, and they're like, hey Leslie Nielsen, be cruel to some kids. All right, I can do that. There's no Santa, and your parents are probably dead because there's an attack. And uh, you guys have probably got a version of this bit before in a different movie 30 years ago, but here it is again. Your parents are all dead. There's no Santa Claus, no Easter Bunny. And they go, ah! And he goes, eh! And also, look at my nipples. And also, uh, let's read a book. It's called Rumple Foreskin. Just for good measure, there's a foreskin joke as his fucking security guy takes him out. I don't need it. Yeah, it's not the best use of Leslie Nielsen, I will say. But at this point in his career, it's just like, sure, you'll hire me. I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. David wants me for something. <laughs> I'm wanted. It feels good to be wanted. <laughs> so now, wanted. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the the guy who played his security uh, person or, or secret security was Alonzo Bowden, who I yep. think won uh, Last Comic Standing, or maybe was one of the first people to win. Did he? Did he win yeah. a contest for this role? Because I remember <laughs> Ja Rule being his, and D.L. Hughley being it's, his security guys in the last one. Alonzo Bowden, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't do much, like, no. many acting roles, so it's a little, because he's, like, you know, a, a touring comedian, like, a working comedian, so, like, it's, it's a little odd that to see him in this one. Well, it's also, sorry, Jared, to cut you off, but no, Dave Attell pops up in this movie, and that's very that's, strange. That's right. Needs- that... <laughs> that felt right to me, though. Like, oh, yeah? You know, like, Alonzo Bowden isn't the energy to cameo in this sure. type of movie, like whereas David Tell makes perfect sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Would you like, say that? David got to be in one of these. I want to do one, too. <laughs> it, yeah, it'd be like low energy, just kind of chill, you know? Like, like we don't, you're just... <laughs> you, you need your own vehicle, not a guest spot on this or something. I don't know. But uh, the... Uh, yeah, I remember fucking Ja, fucking Ja in the last one. Okay, he must be prepping Firefest at this point. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, the ideas were spinning in his head. It's fun. only like a decade and a half off. It's so like 10, 10, It's only fifteen short years later. Some hey, give or take. Later, Kevin Hart, biggest comedian in the world, pretty much, and then uh, you got Ja Rule, Firefest. They're you know big things on the on the horizon. It's so Every movie like launched careers in different ways that we even <laughs> think about. <laughs> I mean, you know, Ashley Tisdale, perfect example. Scary Movie Five, that launches her to superstardom. She is Scary. now Black Widow. So there you go. Scary Movie is the uh, Nostradamus of horror. Yeah. <laughs> and no. Pardon me, Neil, but I would argue that it's the Rosetta Stone of <laughs> all of all great parodies. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I just wanted to say Rosetta Stone. <laughs> um, so Cindy catches up with Brenda, who is on the set of War of the Worlds Plane Crash that I got to visit by trolley uh, at the Universal Studios tour last year. It was great. So and cool. I, set. No, go ahead. Um, that was just cool. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, regarding Regina Hall's entrance to this movie, it's like as we've said before, her her presence is now very welcome while I'm watching these movies, but she feels like a very different character in this movie. Like it, it does not feel like the same woman in continuity. Well, you know, Jared, I don't think it's till the third act that she really like comes out of like that, that new shell and like 
becomes the old Brenda because she gets like hornier and she gets a little more ghetto. Like once she's in the saw set, I feel like. I guess so. Yeah. But like, yeah, it takes a while. I'm like, who is she? This is not the same. She's grown. Woman? You know, she's sure, She's like 30 years old in this. <laughs> in Scary Movie 1, she's 18. <laughs> so she's only in high school. It's true. Um, so they catch up she survived a plane crash because she is indestructible and the, the, the only thing that Cindy says in regards to this is I thought you were dead she says I thought you were dead and that's it <laughs> like it's yeah. not even a joke like whatever so they throw you remember that solenoid that Craig Bierko gave Cindy earlier well yeah that does come up big because Brenda whips it at Lil John as he brags and drives by that and says that he owns the only functioning car in town and now they have it because they knocked him out with the solenoid. Way to go, Craig Bierko. <laughs> so they uh, take the car. And now guess what? They drive downtown and they see a bunch. This gag does not work. They see a bunch of refugees from the alien attacks and they act like fucking zombies when like they're human beings. OK, yeah, not only that. But we get Anthony Anderson and Kevin Hart, who have been in the sewers all this time. I'll accept that. However, the tripods sprout from fucking underground. They must have seen it first before <laughs> it <was punched> <laughs> So, Well, look, if you're going to punch holes in it, then this all falls apart. <laughs> no, just here. Just here, you guys. This is where hey, it went off the rails, man. I see something out the window. It's back. And... The shit is gone, but the thing is back, and it's the hairy dog thing. I'm pretty sure, guys, that we're dealing with a, and I dare dare I say it, it starts with a W. It's two words in one. Both start with a W. A werewolf. Ooh. Yeah. I think we have a werewolf outside. Is it cleaning up its own excrement? No, it it ate it. I'm sorry to be so crass, but I think it ate it. Oh, Oh, well. Yeah, I'll ask it. One in Rome, I guess. I don't know. You eat it? It's look. It, it did like the thing that Michael Myers does when he's about to kill. He cocked his head to the side. Yeah, not the thing that most dogs do when they're confused. <laughs> <laughs> that Michael Myers does. Hey, this is Halloween this month. This is Halloween month. Yeah. Big fan of John Carpenter. Oh yeah, the 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 werewolf clearly is because it also. Yep, it's pulling out its Blu-ray of Escape <laughs> from New York. And uh, also, what's that one with? Uh, is it, what's the one with Sam Neill? Uh, that's uh, um, Prince of uh, Darkness. Yeah, he's got that one too. That's a deep cut, and it's on Laserdisc. That's so how it's, big... it's not Escape from New York. Everybody likes Escape from New York. It's the other one. That's how <laughs> I know. So, anyway, he's here. Uh, okay. So, anyway, this bit is Anthony Anderson and Kevin Hart come out of the sewers because I guess they work for the city. That's fine. You know, you got to make a living. And they see the bunch of refugees who are, like, catatonic from the alien attack. And they're, like, doing the same bit that Leslie Nielsen did in the last one. They must all be aliens under, uh, you know, we can't tell. They're like, they must be zombies. They start fucking jacking everybody left and right, knocking people down. And nobody's doing anything. They just keep walking. That's why it doesn't work. They're humans. I don't get it. It, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, eh, yeah. Anyway, the, the tripods sprout from underground. Uh, the two ladies go to mile 62, just like the Grudge Boy instructed. We get the village parody. We're like halfway through the movie, guys. We're all our respective ages. There's Bill Pullman, Chris Elliott, 
Carmen Electra. And this is a big deal because she is in the very first scene of this entire franchise. Like, I had to remember that. Oh, that's right. She's the uh, the um, Drew Barrymore reference, right? The OG. Yeah. That's yeah. right. The original uh, girl. I think that's that's what OG stands for. Yeah. Original girl. Yeah. Yeah. I understand all my rap music that I've listened to. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, she's in the first movie, and she's in the first scene, and now she's decided to walk back into the franchise, or she was invited back to the franchise three movies later. You know, miracles can happen, guys. So, Also, uh, doing better than I expected her to do in this role. She's really grown. I mean, like, to a degree. I mean, it's gross at a certain point, to the yeah. point where I was like, really, I thought we were going to get this whole movie and not have something like this. But apart from that, I was like, oh, she's actually kind of being funny. Yeah, like again, the the Rosetta Stone, as Dan said, (laughs) dare I say again, the Rosetta Stone of all great parodies. Forget your what is it? uh, Naked Gun. Forget your top secret. Forget your aeroplane. This is it. Fourth one, too. So they go to the village parody. Carmen Electra's there, and she is, I will agree with you, she's doing a pretty good job. She's not just a sex object here. She's like a blind, she's doing the Bryce Dallas Howard role from the village. And that role's kind of funny if you really think about it. Like she, they send, she's the one who goes out to get supplies for Joaquin Phoenix in the woods. Most trusted uh, uh, townsman or towns member. Yeah, and it's crazy. So they don't know what to do uh, with the, the ladies yet. Bill Pullman is the head of the town. The little village. I'm sorry, the village. And they don't know what to do with them yet, so they take them captive. Now, we're back to the War of the Worlds thing. Tom and the kids, they, this is the scene where they get the car stolen. A very tense scene in War of the Worlds. And this, it's pretty funny. It's the yeah. David Tell cameo where they do a three-way trade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, like, it's, one of them needs a... Uh, one of them it? wants the car, one of them wants the knife, one of them wants the gun, and they all just, like, rotate and doesn't yeah. make sense. First they get it wrong. Tom shot a uh, a glider on accident. Right out of the right. sky because he in the scene in the movie he shoots in the air, wastes a bullet, and then uh yeah a hang glider dies in this one. But there's a the and the car gets stolen. So now back to the village. There's a town meeting with Cindy, Brenda, Bill Pullman, Chris Elliott, who's just winging it with like a snot cord or something out of his nose like a string Look, whatever he's doing it doesn't matter it's not good no, it's not. on a ferris's leg and mm-hmm. brenda's doing some funny work she's like i fucking the shit out of this one young guy in the who's like just across the uh, the pew looking at her and then she's like really into it um while bill pullman is kind of deliberating you know you guys have done a play where bill pullman was the main character That's not true not the actor in it, but the main character was Bill Pullman. Yeah, that's right. We talked about this, but I'm just reminding the listeners. It's uh, it's it's funny because I I didn't uh, it wasn't planned. I I didn't know that right. Bill Pullman was even in this movie, but I didn't either. I was like, what's he doing in this movie? It was so random. Yeah, it's weird because he's in the Grudge, and it's like I guess I it's guess he's like, hey, you want to be in this too? <laughs> All right, but it's not a Grudge parody. Okay, sure. I mean, Bill Pullman, no stranger to these types of movies too. So like, you know, Spaceball. he was in Spaceball. So yeah. like, you know, he's yeah. he's done it. So it's you know, not a You're, lot, but <laughs> he's done it. It's a good point. Like anybody who's ever flirted with this, we want you to come back. Like twenty years later, why not? I guess his character was one of the more straight characters too so it wasn't like he had to 
flex too many muscles except for his uh well spoiler his his demise i suppose but other than that he was pretty straight yeah do you think like i don't i've never seen him that funny i guess i don't know how funny he's capable of being sorry but no offense to bill pullman i just don't think it's in his wheelhouse to be like ha, 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 like bill pullman no he 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 the laughs that he gets are by playing it straight but he kind of does it with like a I don't know he how throw, to describe it. It feels like he throws away some opportunities, like uh, just uh, by choice as an actor. But I don't want to. I, I feel nasty. I feel dirty dissing Pullman when yeah. he wrote to you guys. Let's just not. He was a nice man who sent us flowers. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. And he had a good beard. That's what we'll say. Yeah. And he's not in Scientology. So we feel dirty, like dissing him, even <laughs> though, you know, you interact with him. So. This is the military. Back to the Tom and the kids. Um, basically, at the end of the scene, Carmen Electra crashes. She thinks it's her house. Everybody's quiet. Nobody corrects her. And then she uses, I don't know, she just shits in like a, a pot or something. It's like, like you know. a its like a bench. It's like, I don't even know what it is. It's just like part of a bench that has like a lid to it. I don't know. And it's, They probably keep like the choral uh, pieces that the choir sings or something. Yeah. It's easy money, and I'll tell you why. Because you just have to look pretty. Just kind of look off into the distance, and they just put in like the most funny fart noises if you're into that. And you just have to just sit there for like a minute, and just hmm, like that's kind of it. Gotta kind of feel awkward as the performer to do. Like I'm now imagining Jeff Daniels doing the shit scene in Dumb and Dumber, and there's no noise, so he's just like, <laughs> that's that's really funny now to think. I'd love to see a cut of that scene without. <laughs> Without the just audio, mute it. <laughs> just like, like or just like, well, no, no he makes that. noises, so you right, can't right. just mute it. Right. My favorite part of that too is is towards the end of of uh, his release, or maybe it's in the middle, where he's like kind of doing the staccato, like, huh, 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 like that. Yeah. So obviously yeah. added those funnier noises, and that was him. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Do you think this is a really? <laughs> Do you think he conducted the noise and then they edited to his noise, or do you think they played the track on? set and uh, he I think like farted with you it let, you let <laughs> i think you let a real actor like jeff daniels craft that himself and All then right. let the audio people do their work i love it because i love jeff daniels um so back to tom and the kids this is the military join-up scene with the son i was saying like the set design i don't know if they recreated it you know or just got it again but it's good they're on the hill. They got the tree. And this time, M. J- Michael Jackson shows up. <laughs> he was in the last one, so yeah. I guess this one. And, Is that uh, the prince where he's uh, he's in the others within the Cole Kidman movie? Yeah, or, I am your daughter. Yeah, that yeah, with the sheet over his head or whatever. Okay, so that I did remember that at least from the trailer. Okay. Yeah. And like it's funny because like I, I suspect we suspected in the second one that the Wayans brothers did not see what lies beneath. They just saw the trailer. I think <laughs> Zucker just saw the uh, the others trailer, and that was it. So hey, you're the Rosetta Stone. All you need is the trailer. Yeah, that's right. The Rosetta Stone. So uh, MJ shows up, and what's funny about this, I respect, is we get to see their interpretation of what Michael Jackson's face would look like if he never got any surgery done. And that's interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, it's you know, it's an African American okay. guy receding hairline. I have no problem with Michael Jackson changing his face jokes. I, I, it's just like, it's the, it's the boy rape <laughs> jokes that are just like this. I can't watch these anymore. They just don't, oh, uh, they don't age well. I was going to ask this at the end of the podcast, but do you, as a sidebar, do you think now? I don't think it, they could happen now, but now that there could be 
this franchise exactly the way it is now, like if it was released before COVID, like last year, do you think that would even be released or do you think it would just get torn apart? Hmm. Because it's a di- definitely a different time to, for some of the jokes that they, they went for. And I feel like it was such a product of its time, like that early 2000s. You know, like can post- you, like, I'll ask the more fundamental question to build off that, Neil, is can you make a parody movie today and it would be successful in 2021? Mm. I mean, life is a parody of itself right now. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't think a parody movie will work right now. But here's the thing, though. There is, like I said, there is a place for just good old fashioned, really stupid comedy that yeah. is is otherwise harmless, if not just slightly offensive. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think the world will need comedy like this, but not right now. Yeah, right. I- <laughs> It's the hero the world needs, but not the one it deserves right now. I'm 18 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, kid. I'm only 18. I'm only 18, Bruce. I'm in high school. I've got some acne. I thought I had a girlfriend. She just left me. I didn't even know where we stood, and now suddenly she's off with this guy. I don't Great know. Great mustache. So it's fine. I was going to say, uh, you wear a mask. I'm just growing a mustache for the first time. We're just two kids just trying to figure it out in Gotham. That's We're the kids, title of the next Bruce, movie. You and I are just kids. <laughs> that should be. You got to remember that. Show, like Dawson's Creek, but it's yeah. kids figuring it out in Gotham. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Like literally, well, just a like a teen drama set in Gotham that has nothing to do with the the characters, but like they're you, affected by it. Jeremy Prom was canceled. Why? Oh, Batman. He's gotten. I got into it with the Joker. Mr. Freeze. Like, well, do you guys remember? I don't know if you remember this, but there was an animated series they were developing where it was like gotham high and it was the villains and no Bruce i don't want and... that okay okay i like neil's idea better where it's just like they have to deal with the light with life in gotham <laughs> where like you know <laughs> the, the batman characters the batman exists in their universe sure. but it's like it's like what powerless could have been but like yep. failed so badly at if you remember that <laughs> yeah. god what a what a poll powerless powerless right. that was uh vanessa hutchins right yeah yes yeah. That, that did have a lot of potential, and I, I, you mentioned it, and that's the only time I'm ever going to remember it again. Exactly, right? But someone yeah. like me will remember Powerless to pull it up as a joke <laughs> later on. <laughs> um, so uh, MJ shows up, yada, yada, original face, and so does one Michael Madsen. And I have a Michael Madsen story, but we already told it on this podcast before. <laughs> Tell me another okay. time. Well, no. Long story short, I went to go see the Tarantino Fest at the uh, uh, what is it called? The 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 Woodridge Theater where you eat. Hollywood Boulevard. Thank you, Jer. Uh, and he was there, and so was David Carradine, just a couple of years before, maybe a few before he croaked. And so it was cool seeing both of those guys there. And uh, I got my Reservoir Dogs Mr. Blonde DVD signed. Mike, past and pre, you know, future guests. Uh, was there, but he didn't pay for the uh, autograph. And he's just like, yo, Dan, tell Michael Madsen I want to ask him a question. I'm like, okay. Hey, Michael, um, first I want to ask you a question. What's the status of Inglorious Bastards? This was like circa 2006. I'm only 18 years old. (laughs) And, um, okay, so he says, uh, I really don't know. Anyway, I was like, my buddy Mike wants to ask you a question. And he goes, is Tilt coming back? He's like, what? Is Tilt coming back on TV? He's like, no. Oh, man, it's too bad. It's a good show. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Anyway, and he like turned his focus on the next guy. And that's that story. So not I could, as good. I can totally hear him and, and see that because I feel like uh, over his career, his voice has gotten more Nick Nolte as he's gotten. Yes. Old. 
Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. If you can't get Nolte, get Madsen. He'll do it for like half the price. Yeah. Right. Um, my Nolte, old Nolte performance. It's a great movie uh, called Warrior uh, with Tom Hardy. But that movie, he's almost unintelligible. It's just like you gotta come over here and fight. Like Tom Waits. <laughs> but, Dude. Uh, uh, interesting fold in here. We just did triviality, and there was a great question about Michael Madsen's fucking film credits. He, they, the question was how many did has he done, and like in, and we did a over under kind of thing, and he's done so many fucking movies. We, I really undershot it. <laughs> so. That's right. It's a great episode. I, I re-listened to it um, the other day before. It, it might be released by the time this is out, but uh, it, it's really funny. I think uh, your listeners will enjoy it. Triviality, guys. So Michael Madsen shows up. He's the Tim Robbins analog from War of the Worlds. He's like, you remember him. Tom Cruise has to kill him in yeah. War of the Worlds because what is the, not not to go into too much, but why why does he kill him in War of the Worlds? Uh, so they're in the basement of him, uh, of his place and uh, Tom Cruise just slowly learns um, that he's unstable mm-hmm. and uh, he won't shut up and uh, he's he's very loud he's digging he's screaming and he's uh he's worried that he's going to bring the aliens down which they end up coming anyway but he thinks that, he, that he's going to bring the aliens uh, to their place and so he has to shut them up so that he can you know save his kids so there's a lot of grunting like <gasps> <laughs> all off camera there you go oh, did we lose Dan? Uh, uh, you, we, you are, we, totally, are we good still? We're good now. You totally froze up there for a second uh, after Neil spoke. Me? Whatever you said, we lost. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, that's okay, though. War of the Worlds, Tim Robbins. Tim, Tom Cruise kills Tim Robbins. And in this, Michael Madsen is Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. And he's playing up the crazy in a big way. Am I, am I sound good now? Yeah, you're sound good now. Okay. And he's he's really playing up the crazy, and I can't even like I didn't write down his quotes, but he's got some pretty good ones because they're so rapid fire. Like, what do you think of Madsen in this? I I had a problem with his entrance in this movie because like the the way that he's framed is like it's it presupposes that the audience is like, oh shit, it's Michael Madsen, like you know, like it's like a cameo uh, reveal, and um. <laughs> But like, but like at this point, it's like, Mike, what have you done? Like that the public has seen, you know, like certainly your film credits, as we've said, are immense, but I don't know any of them. So yeah, I just thought that was a little weird. Yeah, it wasn't uh, post Oscar. No, you're Tim Robbins. Uh, yeah, I remember you're you're speaking about those uh, those quotes. I remember one of them. He was talking about cities that were were or cities that overtook the aliens and he's like you know kikoman he's like soy sauce and he's like yeah uh low sodium i think it was one <laughs> ones right yeah 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 low sodium yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that is that um but in this like he doesn't have to kill michael madsen what happens is uh the the tripod just shows up it like scans the room looks at michael madsen's porn and his gay porn and then it hump it fucks a vacuum cleaner and then Michael yeah. Madsen tries to hit it with an axe, and that's when we get the like uh, Craig Bierko's trying to tell him without words, don't do that because it's going to be loud and, and it's going to draw more attention. And he just doesn't get it, and he's about to write it on a piece of paper, and he does, but the, it's not clicked. It's a clicker pen, and that's when the, it abducts his daughter, and then it, it takes him, and now they're in the net. So they just like Michael Madsen just pieces out of this movie, like he doesn't even die, does he? 
No, no, he doesn't. Because I think I think the reason he doesn't die is because they have to. Uh, they they wanted to skip over the whole red vine um, Wizard of Oz set, which I'm sure was super expensive from the original movie. So they they just combined you know the the plot there. Um, speaking of that, though, I wonder if in the writers' room it was like we need a bit here for him not to you know uh, throw the axe, and it's like you know what I hate is when you write something down and your pen doesn't click. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they, oh, we, we got to put that in a movie. Maybe like, he did it. It, like, it probably, it's probably like his assistant. My assistant, I tell her to get me a Caesar salad and her pen never works. And so frustrating, but that's hilarious. Put it in the movie. <laughs> you, you just got a writing credit and it was just like a PA who just told them, man, my pen doesn't work. You just got a writing credit. My friend, <laughs> the Hollywood, like you're so. one of the 28 of us. Welcome <laughs> aboard. <laughs> Uh, so they get abducted and I just kind of this was like intercutting so I kind of summed up some intercuts here amongst this footage we get I believe the UN scene that's useless with Leslie Nielsen where he shows up and he's like I'm here at the UN and uh, we have this device that's going to fight the the aliens or whatever and uh, they pull out the big device and it somehow zaps his clothes off and he's naked. Because it's it's supposed to be the reverse of whatever like the alien technology is doing, which is like zapping people and leaving clothes behind. So this was the like the idea of it was like that it would explode. I don't know. It like the idea was one thing, but then of course it does the opposite, which is disintegrate the clothes off of Leslie Nielsen, and then he uses a body double for his ass. But like uh, we were wondering about that, and I was yeah. like. Uh, I was certain it was like genuine Nielsen, but you know, so you, you're, you can't afford my ass in a phone. <laughs> pay Anna Ferris a million dollars. They're going to pay me two for my ass. <laughs> two million per cheek. Four million then. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's a nude scene and he doesn't come back to the movie early later at the end of a montage at the very end. He's mm-hmm. in it. That's it though. So goodbye, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Uh, thanks. Um, back to the village. The creatures attack. You know those creatures from the that aren't really creatures in the movie. We find out, and we discover right now the twist of the movie, the village. We discover it's the townsfolk, and uh, Cindy and Brenda find that out pretty quickly once they take cover in a cabin. It's just like two elders, and you. Uh, what's that? Very Scooby Doo. Yeah. And uh, Bill Pullman, we find out that Bill Pullman's been stabbed. Uh, he's had a heart attack as a result of this knife. Yeah. <laughs> On his deathbed, he reveals that the Grudge Boy was at the Million Dollar Baby match, and Don King fell on him. So Cindy is responsible, sort of, for his death. And that's the scene. And in my head, like, that's a stretch. Like, to say that she, to, for her to even feel guilty about that is a stretch. Yeah. So that's what, that's the big, one of the big twists here. At Michael Madsen's, Tom sings his daughter a lullaby. Uh, it's, I didn't even, what is it? it Do you know what? It's some raps. I don't even know what it's, it uh, is. Bad bitch. Yeah, it's by, um, oh man, it was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh shoot! I'm sorry. I I, I had it. It's the concussion. Doesn't well, even matter. <laughs> like we don't even know it, so it's, it's fine. called bad bitch. I think. Anyway, he talks to Michael Madsen. It's bat shit. Uh, the tripod shows up. Yada yada. Too late. Girl gets abducted. Tom runs after he gets abducted, 
it's we go back to the village now and brenda and cindy are like oh man another fucking uh, monster attack and instead it's uh the uh they get abducted and they get pulled up and uh Cindy reunites with Tom in a in a cage. He's like, I told you we'd reunite, and they kiss. And this is where we we get to the finale of the movie. It's the saw trap full circle here mm-hmm. from the cold open. We and I remember I did say I think in in Scary Movie two maybe one, it's apropos of nothing the cold open of this movie. I didn't I forgot that it is uh, somewhat connected. And here yeah. we are. In a really weird way, because they get beamed up into this, like the bathroom set is apparently the inside, like this command center of the of the aliens or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. And I said, Uh, that's a stretch. (laughs) You said that? Do you say that straight to your baby's face? (laughs) That's a stretch. I watch all of that. I make sure I wake my kids up and I say, you're going to watch a scary movie with me. Like literally a scary movie for with me. Yep. And I say, and they Ben, that's it. a stretch. Don't write like this, Ben. <laughs> Whoa, guys. It The dog, it busted out uh, Prince of Darkness, Escape from New York, The mm-hmm. Thing, which is pretty basic. But get this, Escape from L.A. Wow. He yeah. is a, he's a devotee. Yeah. He is a big fan. Oh, what's this? Ghosts of Mars and John Carpenter's Vampires with James Woods. Yeah. Possibly Republican. Possibly. Human, human piece of garbage, James Woods. No. You right wing. It didn't respond. But it is panting on the glass, and it is... Yep, it put a smiley face, so I think it's saying it is, maybe. Okay. It's I, smiling. The true yeah. test of a werewolf's John Carpenter fandom, I think, is buying the tour album of john carpenter's score music that he tours around with his family i don't know if he's got that but yeah you're totally right if you're a true carpenter fan you have to buy his music too his vinyl record no less for 12 hours of i love john carpenter he's such a curmudgeon he's like yeah fuck you and my band's touring this summer fuck you video games and make money so they want it's a saw trap alien set. Cindy learns uh, that one of the aliens, the saw doll, the Billy saw doll guys is actually the grudge boys dad. It's not Bill Pullman that she found out. It's because they found they see pictures and they're pretty lewd. It's like the, the Billy doll is like doggy styling some Asian chick in a dorm. And it's oh like, yeah, Billy styling styling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's kind of crass, and uh, yeah, we find out that this Billy doll is actually the the father of the the Grudge Boy, and so Cindy uh, removes her fake eye. She has a fake eye to get to the key behind her eye because they're in saw traps with the the Venus fly trap one, or not the jaw one, but you know the one that closes with the nails. Yeah. And um, she removes the key uh, from behind her eye, frees them from the trap. And uh, the kids are now about to die. Like, and he's like, oh, that's just one tier of this, my two-tier plan. I'm Craig Mason. I, I made uh, uh, Chernobyl. So the kids are lowered on a rope, classic, back-to-back. And they're like, Dad. They're like, Son. And Tom Ryan's about to get saw-trapped. It's like a dildo, like a metal dildo up the ass, I think. Like a jackhammer dildo. And uh, Brenda's into it. She's like, can we trade? And um, 
Tom's about to get killed. But the kids, it's the kids' love and forgiveness of Tom that ultimately makes the aliens change their mind and free them. It's a really weak ending for a scary movie. Yeah. Like, super. I'll say that. Like, definitely. Like, the weakest ending of all these is this movie. But I do like it more than three. Hmm. Oddly enough. I just thought it was weak all around, (laughs) including this. Yeah. And uh, it's enough for the aliens to end it. Uh, Oh, by the way, James Earl Jones, they fucking roped, not raped. Well, they they roped him into this movie. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, that's either a really good James Earl Jones impression. So they paid him a lot of money. Mm, Yeah, because he's on camera, no less. Not just his voice, but yeah, they hired him. Zucker's got some pictures of James Earl Jones doing some some shit (laughs) (laughs) those are his pictures not billy the puppet they just they just put billy over it over i knew it good photoshopping seriously because i you know billy the puppet's like half his size so james earl jones how dare they put him in this movie a and b hit him with a fucking bus at the end of his monologue i was like this isn't funny he should have been like the hulk where the bus just like crushed (laughs) around him that would have been cool yeah yeah they whack, they cream him with a bus for his troubles after he kind of wraps everything up nicely and goes, and so it turned out to be love that united us. Because as we mentioned in Pat's episode of War of the Worlds, like what would War of the Worlds be without the bookended narration? Uh, in 2005, it's the Morgan Freeman one. In this, it's James Earl Jones. And in the other one, who cares? Right. Uh, but he gets cream with a bus. In the montage, we see a resolution. It's like Brenda giving birth to a Billy the Sawdoll puppet, but the guy from the village is like there with her, so he thinks it's his, and he looks at her like, what the fuck? And then uh, like Cindy and Tom go off to, they live happily ever after, I don't know. But it's it's all wrapped up, and we get a, just, to, just for good measure, the Tom Cruise Oprah scene to end the movie. I was not, yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> it impressed. goes on. Yeah. I, I, yeah, seriously, I was like, <laughs> how much more can they do? But yeah, it goes on. They like Craig Bierko, just like, hey, man, last day of shooting, do whatever you want. Yep. It, it, I'll say the cold open and I guess not the cold open because it's connected to the ending, but the cold open feel, feels like they shot it like later. And also this scene, they're like months later, they're like, you know what, let's let's add let's add a little something like, you know, how the Avengers are eating their shawarma. Let's do an Oprah <laughs> scene here. And yeah. uh, remember how the Avengers are eating their shawarma six years before that movie comes out? We're negative six years old. So, Rosetta <laughs> Stone. Um, by which the yeah. MCU should be birthed and and the gold standard. Um, I will say uh, I, that reminds me that uh, when the they wrap it up, that uh, there's two fucks in this PG-13 movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of which gets uh, spoken by Pullman. The other one is one of the puppets at the end. Yeah, Bo- Pullman says, uh, fucking A, on his deathbed. And the puppet, when they walk, when Brenda leaves, she fucked one of the puppets, yeah, off camera, and he scratches his balls. He's like, you get something? He's like, no, she said she was a virgin. We're fucked. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that was a little surprising. And uh, we, we, what were you, so I, I would just want to ask before I get into mine, what were your big laughs, Neil? Like, you said you had a couple laughs in this. What What were the actual laughs? I, that's a good question. Now, I, I, a couple of them were just really small pieces of dialogue. Um, oh, Ying Yang Twins and Mike Jones just came to me. Sorry, that's who sang that, that song, the lullaby. <laughs> um, uh, I can't even, 
if you say something, it might jog my memory, but t- both of them were between Craig Bierko and I think Anna Ferris, and it was literally like a throwaway line. And I remember kind of like, you, uh, you look good, or this is a good look on you. Not that one, but like those. I think I, it's probably the same one as mine, which was, uh, she's like, I saw this face in my attic, and he's like, did it have a nose? And she's like, yes. He's like, that sounds like a face. It sounds like a face. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them, yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. The other yeah. thing that really made me laugh, like literally laugh pretty hard, is when we're, I don't even know, I don't remember where in the context of the movie, but it's during a world War of the Worlds thing where he's walking, and it looks like he's carrying the daughter, and oh yeah, she's just like I've been, you know, I've been walking this whole time, and like he pulls the lid, the hood off the guy, and it's like this, <laughs> the weird little pig guy, but the the <laughs> he he literally the delivery is so perfect on. He's just like he looks at him and like what the fuck are you doing here? And he looks up and he's just like I'll pay you, like <laughs> I'll pay you, like as if it was like come on man, like who cares? Mm. I'll pay you. <laughs> that made me laugh. That was funny. Way too hard than it should have. <laughs> I was surprised um, they didn't, uh, not to cut you off, Dan, sorry. Um, no, no, no. The, the War of the Worlds uh, blueprint, it's funny, what you know, they, they took certain parts of the movie and they're like, what can we do to, to make this funny or what can we do to parody it, uh, this part here? One of my favorite parts of War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise version, which I'm surprised they didn't do a whole, you know, door locking parody thing on it, is um, when Tom Cruise, they get to the house, uh, his wife's house, and uh, the kids packed like, the shittiest things for them to survive and he's, he's forced to make peanut butter sandwiches and he asks dakota fanning like uh oh peanut butter this is going to be great and she goes i'm allergic he goes uh since when since birth and he throws the bread <laughs> the window and it just sticks um <laughs> so we're gonna parody that but they did yeah yeah that was a that's a classic war you think of that moment the catch <laughs> scene <laughs> that is the pinnacle of war of the world scenes yeah exactly not the action just the peanut butter sandwich Yo, Tom, you're on the red carpet. Yo, Tom, how did you get that bread to stick? How many takes did that take? You know what he told me is, uh, he goes, you remember that scene when I'm playing uh, catch with Justin Chatwin? I'm wearing a Yankees hat. He's wearing a Boston hat. You remember when I when he uh, he said, is that all you got? And then I said, that's half of what I got. And that's what I told Steven. I said, that's half of what I got. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I hate to cut this short, but I got to go watch Memoirs of an Invisible Man with that werewolf outside because he just busted that out. Chevy Chase john carpenter comedy wow yeah He's, he, he is a fan i gotta tip my cap that's that's a big fan yeah seriously like let's give it up for the werewolf out here good for him man for like just really sticking with his guns and what he likes he likes yeah yeah man, you gotta commend that yeah haunting your dreams and haunting the john carpenter message boards ow right but that is Scary Movie 4 by <laughs> 2006, directed by David Zucker, and he pieces the fuck out of this franchise. Like, literally, we, we're going into a well, weird territory next weekend. Co-writing credit or for next five. Week. That's it. How do you feel after all of these? So after four now, you've got one more. How do you guys feel? Fuck. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to I'll tell you what. We're never going to do, like, more than one of these parody movies in a six like in a half a year like we can't i can't deal like i can deal with some parody movies like when we're doing classics but i can't do we have like literally disaster movie epic movie date and we all of them are on the list because they're all under 90 you know i i knew this was going to be like an endurance test for us i can only hope it's entertaining for the audience and that's it so you know that's it that's all i'll say 
Hey, <laughs> one more. I, neither of us. Well, I didn't see the fifth one. Did you? No. Yeah. No. So like again, we're going into a territory that we don't. We're unfamiliar with. Yep, that's right. Um, but that is it for us this week. Neil, why don't you tell them where they can find you? Uh, yeah, yeah, see a little bit. Yeah, if you want to uh, just go to any of your favorite podcast apps or Spotify, look up Triviality, uh, or you can go to our website, trivialitypodcast.com, or on social media, at TrivialityPod, and uh, soon you will be hearing uh, Dan and Jer uh, on an episode, and it's a really, really fun one. I think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, it was fun to do, too. It was great, yeah. Loved it. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and uh, subscribe to us if you haven't done so already. And hey, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a, a rating, a review. Uh, yeah. You don't have to you don't have to leave a comment, but if you could start with whatever you uh, feel the show deserves, we would appreciate that. Yes, yes. And, thank you. Uh, we will be back next week to conclude Halloween month, the scary movie miniseries and all of October. And we will check on Dan's cut. I hope the werewolf hasn't done anything to Dan by the time next week rolls around. Well, I'm going to watch Memoirs of an Invisible Man. The cut is healed. The cut is healed. It, I don't it is officially healed. It. Okay. Yeah. We're just okay. farting around for two episodes. Right, right. That's right. The cut is healed, and we're just uh, <laughs> we're just dicking around right now. But I don't know. Maybe something will happen with this werewolf. We'll see. We'll see next week. We'll see. Amen. Maybe, maybe he'll open the cut up again. I'm 32 years old. Anything could happen. And he'll be 32 next week. And until then, I'm Jeremy Eden. And I'm Neil Fisher. That's a wrap. I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? <laughs> <laughs>